1: Welcome to episode 538 of the Barcelona Podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilpin, and if you thought the pressure was already ramping up earlier this week with the two losses, the 1-1 draw with Valencia won't be stopping that anytime soon. 11 goals allowed in their first 13 games, 10 wins and 3 draws. Since then, 10 games, 14 goals allowed, and 4 wins, 2 draws, and 4 losses. This is the worst stretch of Xavi's time in charge, not necessarily even in results, but just the product we're seeing on the field. And his is a name I'll be saying quite a bit in these five headlines. Before that, though, just a reminder to subscribe to the channel, give a good rating on the podcast apps, join the Patreon if you want to listen and don't want to hear the ads, or hit the merch store at tbpod.link backslash store down in the show notes or description below. All right, with that done, let's get into it. The five headlines from Barcelona's 1-1 draw with Valencia. Headline one is out of the race already. Let's start with the big idea and the big fear I think many Kool-Aids have in the Liga. Why go through the second half of the Liga season if you feel like it's already too far gone? Xavi knew that coming into this game, calling it a final. And this is where we kind of talk about the players and Xavi, because I do put some of this onus, especially to start the match at least. Two minutes in, off the throw-in, a chance for Valencia. And I ask, what the heck, Barcelona, what are you doing? In Ocupenia with the save, but there were too many players, the Young, Araujo, Cancelo, all complaining about the possession and that throw-in instead of getting into position to defend. And throughout the game, especially that first half, there are too many players having issues with concentration, with a lack of runs for each other, poor timing, and those are things that go on the manager. When one player does it, you go, oh, that player's out of form. Two or three players, they're out of form. But when you seemingly start a game, game in and game out, We've got seven or eight players, and they've conceded the first goal quite a bit this season. When you have a number of players with those mental lapses, more even than the physical, then you start to ask questions of the manager. And you can feel that pressure, too, as much as Xavi is using it as an excuse. And I think there is something about it. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But let's go with the negative before we get into kind of the defense of it. Barcelona is tight. Again, you can see for the first minute, they're playing with pressure all the players they're dealing with the pressure not that their spots are up for grabs not that they're going to be taken out of the starting lineup I mean maybe Ferran Torres sure but instead that they're trying to play through the pressure for the manager so don't get this twisted they're still very much playing for Xavi they're afraid that if they don't give the results that are needed for him to keep his job then the legend of Barcelona in Xavi is going to be sent packing and I think you see that pressure with those players that tightness it was a really bad week Losing to Girona, losing to Royal Antwerp, and now a draw against Valencia. And it's almost no excuse against this Valencia side, unlike Girona, who were top of the table and Royal Antwerp, where, yes, he started a 17-year-old giving him his debut, and not just about Hector Fort, but clearly a lot of rotation. How many more times will we see Romeo and Sergio Roberto start at least together this season? Not so sure about that. But Valencia, they had tons of rotation, and they are not a deep team at all, speaking of financial issues. They were without Javi Guerrera and Paulista due to yellow card accumulation. Then there was no Jose Gaia or Andre Almeida due to injury. And I would argue those are four of Valencia's top five or six important players this season. Because big picture-wise, moving over to the standings, Atletico Madrid, fortunately for Barcelona, were worse today than them and Athletic Club. But Barcelona, as of today, are sitting on 35 points, but the other three all have a game left to play. That means that Barcelona will possibly be nine points behind Girona by Monday and seven behind Real Madrid. And that is a lot of points to make up. And going down the table, I know I don't have it here, but Athletic Club is just three points behind them now for fifth place. And just to set up the defense of Xavi a little bit, for the forwards, it takes too many chances to score. Against Girona, you saw it. XG of over four. Girona scored four. Barcelona scored two. But it was an XG over four. Valencia was an 0.53 XG. And that happens. Goals are scored. You watch the game. Valencia got their one chance. But Barcelona... 3.40 XG and I know XG isn't everything because it does not explain the quality of the shots but you saw today there were some opportunities that we're going to talk about. So when it comes to the forwards it does feel as mental as physical at times and the question I'll ask about those saying hashtag Xavi out and those being we'll say a bit reactive to this result and I do agree feeling like Liga might be gone. Is it up to Xavi to get those forwards to finish? He set them up with a system that while having its issues defensively, does create enough chances for his forwards to finish. But they don't. And I think that question is the difference between those who blame Xavi and those who ask more from the players. Of course the answer is a bit of both. But if you are firmly in the camp that Xavi has to get his players right to finish, and you put the responsibility on him, then after a game like today and a week like this, then you're fed up with Xavi. I'm not ready to say that, obviously anyone who listens to me knows that that's not where I'm at with Xavi, but as I said before. If this isn't just the worst form of the season for Barcelona in the last few weeks, but actually who they are this season in the spring, I do wonder if Xavi lasts the summer. But winning La Liga with what he had to work with last year and all the pressure that comes with being the manager of FC Barcelona, few can do that job at all. That's why I tend to go a little easier on the managers. It often feels like they are harder to replace for all the things we don't see and just hear the whispers about more behind the scenes than the on-field stuff that we do with the tactics and whatever. As in, the things that really matter. But unfortunately, that has been the thing with Barcelona forever. Xavi isn't the first. Johan Cruyff, Rinas Michaels, Lenio Herrera, Ernesto Valverde, winning doesn't save you from the Sharks in Catalonia. Xavi said this was a final, so I would say this is the first of many finals now in the Liga. There was a lot of noise around the club, and Maybe I'm even downplaying the thin ice that Xavi may now find himself, especially if against Almeria. I mean, bottom of the table and all that, but even in January, coming back from the break, if it does feel like Barcelona are already out of the race come March, this pressure is only going to get a lot worse for Xavi and company. Headline two, where to play Pedri. Let's actually talk about this game. This is still a bigger idea, though. As listeners know, you know how I value Pedri, not only in Xavi's system, but in any system. And while DeJong had highs and lows, I thought, in the game, and in the second half definitely had more highs, I still think it's Pedri that makes everything work. And when things aren't working, he's the first that I look at, and I wonder why. But I saw a problem in today's match. You can't play Pedri too high, or you lose any control of the game, and you take Gundogan out of his most natural position. And it didn't matter if Valencia were playing a medium block, a low block, with four or five, it didn't matter. Pedri couldn't play that high forward, because it gave up everything in space on the attack. And when he does get high, you almost waste him as he waits for passes between the lines that never come. And then he's running back defending anyway. But if you play him deeper, now we're talking especially in build-up at your own half, you allow the opposition to absorb Barcelona's pressure and you lose all fluidity between the lines. And now you have no one operating between the lines. So at least in the first half and definitely against Jona, you watch him floating around in no man's land and then immediately bypass on the counter because Barca's spacing gets out of whack when they push bodies forward. I did think to start the game, there was a plan that remained throughout the entire 90 minutes. It was a good job by De Young, Pedri, and Gundogan to establish those roles early in possession. I understand those are the instructions, but Gundogan higher on the right, Pedri remaining closer to De Young and looking for Gundogan as the third man with Pedri kind of operating off of De Young in the space right in front of him. And this did lead to some good horizontal switches, which is what you have to do against Valencia who are gonna throw that second man out to the corners of their block or you say the wings. In the seventh minute, it was a good switch from Pedri. Barca are better when he's playing deeper. You do see that. And I know that it's risky because you feel like he's better when he's playing off the field. But Barcelona as a whole play better when he's deeper, at least in rest defense and keeping their offensive shape. But it does mean that one less player is also coming into the attack from the middle, allowing Valencia to protect the corners of that block with additional numbers, especially when Barca don't usually have many runs in behind and in those half spaces. The positive news was that De Jong, Pedri, Gundogan, they all delivered some long switches in this game that were helpful to trying to spread out Valencia and keep Arsenal in possession. Pedri was definitely feeling himself on the day too with that through ball to Lewandowski, couldn't get out of his feet, and that was a bit of a theme today.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Headline three is on different pages. Moving to the 13th minute, Lewandowski was actually fouled in the back, and he's also not getting calls. Both things are true. Where that was a foul, yes, but Lewandowski's also been going down rather easily in the last month. I think just trying to create anything and make something happen. He's devoid of confidence. All the forwards are in different ways. Barca continue to be weak in transition, though, and that is just worrying, or maybe a little less worrying than the forwards, but just as worrying. There still seems to be confusion. It's another point where I look at Xavi about. There still seems to be confusion with their high line and their offside trap. This is a much better game from Kunde than the last three weeks since he came back from injury, but I thought Araujo hasn't been great this week. I know that he's this untouchable force, of course. We know what he can do. I've said what he can do. I love Oraho. We know physically what he's capable of. But there has been something off about him the last two weeks. The broken jaw can't help at all. And for people who've seen or maybe heard something through the years, I've got some issues with my, we'll say, neck up region between my mouth and my nose. And when I'm playing around and if it's too hot of a day or the, the, the air is just a bit thin, I struggle. I struggle to breathe and I just, I can't hit my full speed. I feel lesser than physically when things aren't working, we'll say above my neck, if I have a head cold or anything like that, because it gets exasperated with the physical issues that I have with my nose and my mouth. But for Arajo, as I said, the broken jaw, I think that's having an effect. But even that, his initial positioning, the things between the ears, his initial positioning has been an issue to me. And I don't know if he's just overcompensating for not feeling, we'll say, a full lung. He's shutting things down and defending like we know he does. The effort is there. I'm not questioning that. There are a number of plays where I wonder if he's not being enough of a vocal leader back there prior to that long ball coming at him. The same with Koundé or orinaki Orinaki-Pena, though. Is Barca's back line without a voice at the moment? Christensen isn't that guy either, and Inigo Martinez probably didn't come in immediately to be that guy in a locker room where everyone was already established back there. But Barcelona's defense looked much better with Inigo Martinez in there, even though I would firmly argue, as we know, on their best days, Kunde, Araujo, and Christensen might be better defenders, though I would argue that Inigo Martinez might be a better pound-for-pound defender, at least in Kunde is this year. 18th minute, moving along in this game, Rafinha had a nice diagonal too, but the counter was slowed to transpire. That was a theme in the first half. There were some offsides in the middle of the first half as the game got a little tighter. That's where it kind of became tough to watch, so those 15-20 minutes or so. Barcelona playing that high line, and Valencia adjusting to One playing a bit higher. Rafinha in that first half, too, with absolutely no Barca player around him to play off of. Really frustrating on behalf of Rafinha. Everyone was trying to stay near Lewandowski to give him support, and he got a good enough chance when Araujo pushed forward. Gundogan putting a nice ball in for him just doesn't work. Then Pedri, just a bit high with a shot in the 34th. And I wondered at that moment, was that the first involvement of João Felix in the match? He and Balde do not work together at all. You can see with your eyes that either Balde Torres or Cancelo Felix have been much better combinations on the left, and it hasn't worked when Xavi has overlapped them, and just hasn't worked. 35th minute, Lewandowski gets a chance, Cancelo delivers another diagonal ball, can good on Barcelona in the first half with those diagonal balls, Lewandowski takes two touches, does quite a bit to set himself up, but didn't get any power on it, just chipping into the goalkeeper. Tony from Siempre Positivo had the stat here. Barca is the team in the five major European leagues that generates the most big chances with 64. Barcelona is in 76th in conversion rate. And for all the criticism I just gave to Xavi, setting all this up about taking the pressure off his team, again, his ability to get his team to take that breath and finish these chances, maybe it's the only criticism that Xavi deserves in the last month, other than the defensive transition stuff that I also was talking about. But that's what Xavi's talking about, that Barcelona are getting chances, they're creating chances, and they're not finishing them. Headline four, breakthrough at the corner. Come the second half, Barcelona were good again. Xavi seems like he gets his halftime speeches pretty on point. I think this team is still fighting for him. 52nd minute, lots of yellow shirts wearing together on the counter the way it should be. Cancelo goes wide and Rafinha makes the inside run. De Jong gives to the wide open Cancelo and the cutback to Gundogan isn't on target. But at that point, it was something in a game with nothing up until that point, And it was some bright signs. 55th minute, it did feel like a bit of foreshadowing because there the goal comes. Jao gets the goal. Recently thought it was offside, and I think so did he. But finally, Rafinha gets around the corner of that back line, and de Jong pops it over the top. Jao Felix there to finish at the back post. Well-worked goal from Barcelona. It was more good from Barca than bad defending from Valencia, because it was great timing from Rafinha, and a perfect ball from de Jong was needed to create the FIFA goal, and it comes. And there was lots of confidence after the goal from Barcelona, which was nice to see. Valencia were looking ready to concede another, and that's when you press together and put the pressure on. But Barca is really easy to get through. And Jao Felix fouled Hugo Duro with a really ugly tackle that probably deserved a yellow. And that press from Barca has really let me down this season. I thought it was way better with Xavi. The numbers say that it was way better with Xavi last year. And without Gabi, I mean, yes, Gabi got hurt a few weeks ago. But Gabi was the only player that generally was healthy for most of the season. And at this point, with that press, it's without Gabi almost a case of why bother. 65th minute, things don't really go Barcelona's way. to 1 was brought down by Fran Perez. Yellow to red, probably a red, but only a yellow. Then the 67th minute, Araujo over the top to Rafinha again. Good long ball from Araujo. And Rafinha shoots after the ball was definitely out of bounds. Doesn't come to anything, but more chances for Barcelona. They needed a second, but it never came. Because headline five, it's settling again. 1-1, 70th minute, Hugo Guillamon doesn't ever really shoot. That's not in the scouting report but he had way too much time and space for any La Liga player, regardless of position. And what this midfield from Barcelona gives up, you saw it. Pedri was pressing, and when Pedri presses, Barcelona tend to get out of sorts. It was way too much time and space on the ball for Guillamon as he was surrounded by yellow shirts, but nobody really marking him, but also a ton of players in the area. And Barcelona just aren't that good defensively from game to game. That goal was scored when Barcelona were playing their best in the match. It did come against the round of play. It was also a good finish by Guillamon. Don't want to take anything away, but that ball should have been cleared three times before Guillamon put his boot behind it. 72nd minute, Ferran Torres on for Al Felix, and immediately gets in behind for a shot at Dasvili. Then de Jong, yellow card suspension, got the yellow in the 77th minute suspended for Amaria. He was seeing red, so it's not like he purposely got suspended for Amaria, but if you're going to take one take it against Ameria. But clearly this is not with him having Ameria in mind for this. He had his boots stepped on and slammed the cleat to the ground because he had to readjust it. So obviously earning the yellow, he will miss Ameria, which at the form that Barcelona is in, I would say that game was more important to get three points than whenever's coming up in January. You worry about that later. But De young will be missing Ameria on Wednesday.
2: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.
1: 81st minute, Laminia Mall on for Gundogan as Valencia made the rest of their changes. So Rafinha basically playing as that high 10, knowing that Valencia were going to be in a low block. So basically occupying the same spot of the field that Gundogan did. And Valencia now switching to a narrow 5-4-1, defending for the draw and wanting the goal from a counter. 82nd minute, Desvili, a 1v1 save against Rafinha on the counter. And Yereck got the second save at the post, the academy player for Valencia. Rafinha credit to him, it's another well-timed run and a terrific through ball from Ferran Torres tucking in. I didn't see anybody mention that Ferran Torres had a ball that should have been an assist that Joao Felix did not play in his time on the field, but Rafinha could not finish. He did everything else right. 85th minute, patience from Barcelona, which was good. A curling run from Ferran Torres and Pedri plays him through, but the ball had too much pace and Torres couldn't get enough power on it to trouble Mamedesvili. So another save for Valencia. Then the 90th minute, Rafinha puts a free kick right into the hands of the goalkeeper. At the start of the five headlines, I mentioned it's been 14 goals allowed in 10 matches after 11 goals allowed in 13. Well, I think even more significantly, Barcelona had 30 goals in their first 13 games, which is skewed somewhat by the two 5-0s, but just 13 in 10 games since then. More blocks coming from Valencia because it seems like every team that Barcelona plays is really disciplined and good at blocking shots in a way that Barcelona do not. The late penalty shot that ended with Rafinha's late pass wide. Pepelu bringing down Araujo in the box, but we see it over and over and over. No penalty on the contact like that in stoppage time. Why did no one make that run to the back post? I'll never know. But I think the larger issue for me, again, no chemistry between Cancelo and Luminium all. That has been a huge issue, and I think why neither made that run to the back post. Pretty incredible stat I'll leave you with from Mr. Chip here. Barcelona has gone 17 consecutive games without winning more than one goal. That's since the 5-0 against Antwerp, which is now more than three months ago, for just the second time, 17 consecutive games without scoring more than one goal, second time in the entire history, 124 years of the club. Between October of 1962 and February of 1963, in that period where Barcelona were just coming off being really good and were not so good, at that time it reached 18, a record that Barcelona could hit if they wind up not putting Almeria to the sword by more than one goal, which at this point, I don't care about that get the record, just beat Almeria, goodness gracious. There is no podcast coming in the next few days, instead it will be Wednesday, I'll be with you for the five headlines, but I do plan on having one more podcast after that before I get my little break in those few days there. So in case you don't miss it, I also have some fun stuff coming out on the YouTube channel in the coming weeks, likely actually over the holiday period. So a few quick, short, little fun videos for you. So subscribe to the channel so you don't miss that. And I will not be putting them on the podcast feed because they're much smaller content. So you will have to see them on the video stuff, but also be posting them on social media likely. But again, if you don't want to miss them, just follow me wherever you can on social media and all that stuff. And as always, until next time, we're Samaritan.